Hi, everybody. This is Shrink Hi. Chat. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was planning to do that. Actually, it was completely improvised. Uh-huh. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm tangled in my cords oh, over here. Oh, don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, some of you know that we are now, let's see, two full weeks into season three. So we're good. We're feeling good. It's been nice to see Kathy again. It's been good to do the show. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm you know, I've I, I think I've said this maybe in other episodes. I'm I'm like a whatever fan of summer. You know, I think after after a certain point in life where you actually work through the summer. Yeah. And right. you're not like in grade school anymore. It's <laughs> just summer. It's mm-hmm. not like, yeah, summer break. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I even have friends of mine who are year-round teachers and even though they get their summers off they're still prepping they're still you know they might take the majority of their vacations but let's be real summer means something different yeah when you're a kid and so i just always look forward to august september because we're going into fall and halloween and holidays and you know i don't care if there's a pandemic happening it's the number one holiday you wear masks (laughs) so i don't give a shit i'm Uh. very excited yeah, we're fall. excited either way. I mean, one of the things that we have always done is, you know, decorated the hell out of my house. And back in the day, we had parties and stuff. So what I'm thinking is that um, the next time we get together, I will have taken down the Halloween stuff that we kept from last year because we got rid of a lot of oh, stuff. Oh, I thought you mean taking it down. Year. I'm like, why? We're just starting. She tends to... Um, oh, I get upset. She tends to misinterpret. In fact, recently she oh. misinterpreted something oh, we, yeah. that I said. So I freaked out. I think you need to tell that story now that I've interrupted myself. So I was away for, you know, we, we stopped recording. We took a break. For, yeah, it took a few weeks. So I was out of town and Shannon sent me some updated information because... Clearly, with the pandemic, they aren't going to have a lot of the same horror mazes and stuff. And we go to the Universal Halloween Horror Nights all the all the time every year. Mm-hmm. VIP, mostly the whole twice, thing. <laughs> mostly twice. We do the Disney one, whatever. So she sent me a text that said, "Hey, just FYI, you know, I'm sure." No, you said, um, <laughs> "Please tell me what I said." You said, "No, FYI, something like FYI, no Halloween." Or nights. nights, um, officially something like that. Yeah. And because we weren't sure if they were going to do something. Right. Exactly. And so I freaked out and I sent back forever. She freaking panicked. And I thought you were kidding. They have stopped it in the past. I'm just saying, I thought you were kidding. And you're like, no, dumb, dumb. <laughs> I didn't call you a dumb, dumb. I know, but I, my friend uses that. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, okay. No, he calls me a dumb, dumb, no, dumb, dumb. <laughs> um, this year. And I was like, well, that I kind of figured, but that scared me. But then the funniest part of it was that you texted me back after that and was like, I really thought you meant this. I really thought they were like, okay, pandemic, we're never having a maze again. (laughs) And fun is off. (laughs) I I panicked. I know you did. And that was why it was hilarious because. Well, it wasn't funny for me in the moment. It was so funny. You could have led with, hey, (laughs) this year they decided not like, indefinitely officially <laughs> no universe <laughs> f off shannon no. f no. off no from now on i'm totally gonna do that because <laughs> because mm. i love the idea that well and here's the thing here's the great thing about that too is that you literally got like 
into your full panic mode. In that I, I was like texting back. I'm like, this can't be true. This can't be right. Literally having anxiety about it. And I'm sorry for that. I, I passed never, out for like 35 I would, seconds. I would never want to cause you actual anxiety. And it only lasted like 30 seconds. It was a panic for sure. Stop it. Full blown. Horror facts with Kath is next. I'll be over here. Oh. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> this is now a little section we like to go. Horror facts with Kath. She, okay. She had to do a little vocal exercise. <clears throat> that to was get ready not for me. That. that was Jane. Oh, okay. Jane. Jane's hey, our new girl. Jane. Thanks, Jane. Um, Bye, Jane. Cute outfit. Number one. <laughs> the killer's victims are found dead by a riverbed. Pale as snow. And wrapped in plastic as an homage to one of the director's favorite shows, Twin Peaks. Okay. Killer's victims are found dead. Okay. Number two. Killer's victims are found dead. Yeah, that was the really illuminating fact about that. Okay. I want to make sure I read the whole thing. Number two. A living horse is cut into segments in one part of the film. Number three. The film opens with the female lead wandering around the desert with a horse, which turns into a chess piece when she disembarks from it. <laughs> I really feel like I should know this, but I really don't. Number four. And this this is for you because oh. I've talked about it as it's in my top five for scariest films I've ever seen. Oh, and number five, still today, one of the scariest scenes, just psychologically. <laughs> the film's iconic scene involves a demonic image of the killer with purple curtains attached to his back, advancing down the steps, screaming. That's so at our scary. heroine. That's so scary. And I feel like I've seen this movie. You have. I know. I just don't know what it is. It's the cell. Oh, yeah. So... Oh my gosh. I, I knew, I knew, I knew it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't remember which one it was, but I knew it was something I had, I had definitely been afraid of. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I remember the horse. Wait, what isn't that Jennifer, Anna, Jennifer um, Lopez on the horse? Like I yeah. could totally like remember. Parts of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, and I flashed on um, D'Onofrio and isn't he in that? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, he's terrifying. I, I flashed on that, and then I, and then I, and then when you said the cell, I was like, ah, oh, yes, thank Here, you, because I have it in my queue to watch again. I oh, want to watch God, it. It's so terrifying. We should probably do an episode on it. But okay. um, cool. there's, I mean, because one of the things I uh, appreciate about it um, is it's one of I think the only films where they've used a mental health clinician. Um, who's not a psychologist and not a social worker, but actually a licensed marriage and family therapist. Oh, She's scary. an MFT in the film, which you, you don't Crazy. usually see as uh, depicted as the type no. of, you know, so I thought that was cool because. Because we like that. You guys don't get a lot of. No, we do not. Shout outs. No, we do not. And so. I have my MFT too. So I appreciated that. You know, it's just like one of those. It's rare because it's also not, you know, an MFT is not recognized nationally and that's part of the fun facts about that movie that was that was fact six and so fun yeah <laughs> shut up it was a horror fact with, with cats oh, i'm gonna hey i just want to let you know i'm gonna be making, gonna be making some merch around horror facts with cats 
for my cult followers. So I, which is like me and one other person. <laughs> I was gonna say, I know, <laughs> I know the one person that's like, yay, yeah. <laughs> Everyone Aurora, else is like, Why? I know that you love horror facts with Kath, uh, and you know what? We're gonna make something special just for you. So this is how it works. If you're passionate about something we do, <laughs> we will make you something. <laughs> yeah. I also would just like to add, because I'm looking around the room. Yes, um, And I have to say that I appreciate more and more of the horror stuff. Oh, yeah. Going on in here. Thank you. Yes. Like permanent horror stuff, not seasonal horror stuff. No, not seasonal. So, uh, as you know, Kathy and I took a minute and took a little break and got rejuvenated. It's and like Shannon's that, horror done. And while that happened... <laughs> Well, that happened. I did. I'm in the middle of a little redecoration. Everything is black, and I put some stuff up on the walls. Ominous. Yep. And I got some stuff happening. And you know, last week you gave me my little Hellraiser pinhead. Pin my little pinhead. My favorite guy. My favorite dominant. You can even change his face and his hands. <laughs> you can change his face and his hand. And there's a cube it's the little tiny cube he can hold in his hand i love it you think it. he can fit a terror talk mug in there uh <laughs> he can probably fit in a terror not talk the ones mug. we have yeah. <laughs> the mugs are a little bit bigger for my miniature pinhead but anyway all right so i wanted to bring up something that i didn't really feel was gonna was a good part of the vibe of our conversation so last serious. week <laughs> Last week on Terror Talk, we talked about mental representation, mental health, mental representation, mental health representation in horror movies. And I had had this found this article about a few years back, there was a maze at an event at Knott's Scary Farm. They have mazes every year. Scary Farm, not Scary Farm. Um, their October deal, and it was called uh, Fear VR 5150. Um, for those of you who may not know, 5150 is the code that is used when you involuntarily hospitalize someone for danger to self, danger to others, or gravely disabled. Anyway, they used that as the name of the maze, and then what it was, what the maze was, I think it's important to know what the actual maze was. So... You view a tongue-in-cheek video that clearly depicts the danger in as a telekinetically powerful, demonically possessed patient. Guests are led down a hall, seated and strapped into chairs, obviously resembling a, a straitjacket, fitted with physical effects that were synchronized to the action that you're about to see. So you know how you go to the movies and you sit in the chair and you can pay extra to have it shake and stuff? So it was one of those. And then they were then they were fitted for a VR headset and noise canceling headphones. So anybody who's done VR, which I have done a bunch of it, super fun. And when it's effective, it's super effective. And then noise canceling headphones. So you are literally deprived of sound. So all of that, take that in. Once the experience began, guests were became a patient, basically strapped into a wheelchair at the mercy of the staff that were trying to maintain control of a hospital as Katie or Kathy, uh, <laughs> the monster continued to I've attack. I've been called worse. <laughs> you monster. Um, it continued to attack. Now, let's just say, what an interesting concept. We're going to go with 
wow, that would be really freaking scary. Be terrifying. I get, I get that that, I get how if you're creating a horror maze, you would say, ooh, that rocks. Right. However. Right. (laughs) There's a big however to that. Yeah. However. Well, you, you tell me what the however is. How, what's your reaction when I just, when I describe that to you? We, uh, somehow in the same, we, we grouped mm-hmm. a monster mm-hmm. and someone who's mentally ill mm-hmm. into the same category. We sure did. And, uh, that we, that everyone who goes to a mental ho- hospital, you almost is, had a lisp there for I a did. second. I did. Everyone who goes to a mental hospital is strapped in. Yeah, lobotomies, right? We still do those? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Anyway, what happened was is uh, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, otherwise known as NAMI, which um, you should be familiar with. They're a great organization. They're like the advocacy organization of mental illness and thus the title they uh yeah <laughs> they had a problem they emailed knots and cedar farm administrators expressing their concern about it um saying that it stigmatizes and denigrates individuals with mental illness which i agree yeah i agree That's, that that whole thing does and we had a whole episode last week on mm-hmm. you know mental health representation but i think um you know these are those times where I think it's appropriate to go, yeah, this is not uh, at all helping, Mm-mm. especially with everything that we've seen in the media over the last two years with school shootings and, you know, just saying, oh, it's mental illness, it's mental illness. And then so, you know, it's further exacerbated by people going to these sort of events and then walking away with more of that idea of, yep. you know. Crazies. Dangerous. Very dangerous. And... 5150. Yeah. Pathologizing, going to a psychiatric hospital and needing. You're going to harm someone else. And needing to do that. Um, So before the attraction debuted, Knott's actually removed the 5150 from the name because of these issues. Um, They also proceeded to defend their choice, saying that they, you know, it's supposed to be edgy and it's for an adult audience and that kind of thing. Um, 13 and over, but so that doesn't really, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's an adult on, audience, kids. but let's go to the asylum. Next. Okay. <laughs> uh, they eventually did, um, shut it down. I think so, universal, they recommend like 16 and over 17 and over something. Like that. Absolutely. Yeah. The amount of violent de- de- depiction. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, uh, sure, when I was 16, I saw all that stuff and wanted to see all that stuff. I don't have some kind of, like, moralistic issue with no, any of but that. but it just lets people know that, you know, if, if you are younger, it might be, if you're going to have, I guess the reason I brought that up is most of Universal is based on films, mm-hmm. where this was based on a, like, and I, know, and I understand that <laughs> films are, you know, imitation yeah, yeah. of art, and okay, mm-hmm. but uh, this was really, like, yeah, this was not based off any character or film that a kid could go, oh, this is fiction. This is like, hey, kids, let's take a trip down the asylum. 
this is what people with mental illness look like. And if you see one, mm-hmm. stay away. Yep. So when you're 25 and you're feeling suicidal, for all means, don't, by all means, don't reach out for no, help because you'll because never you're get gonna out. You're going to go to a place like that and yeah. get and get haunted by a demon. Right. That's the part I don't like. Right. Because I've had to wind people out of that fiction, and it's unfortunate because they need the help, and I'm trying to help them not die. When you don't have, yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> when like, you don't have a a context of a film or the content of the film to get into, which is what a lot of the mazes at Universal do is, yeah, there could be some of these themes, but what you're really going to see is the version of that film in reality for you to be part of it for a moment. So it's really about being a part of the film. Like Poltergeist was a great example. When they built that maze, you became part of that house. You walked through that whole set. To me, that was more relevant than what is a poltergeist how much do you believe in ghosts and spirits? It was like, wow, this is a classic film from horror and, and supernatural. And I'm now in the poltergeist house right now. That's what the experience is. This was, oh my gosh, I'm in a, in a hospital and this is a very real situation. This is how I'm depicting it. So you don't have that separation because it's not based on anything fictional. Yep. Yeah. They're literally trying to horrify you, which I understand with real life is often the goal. Yeah. Especially in films. Just a bad move. Yeah, just a bad move. So they, they didn't do it. <laughs> they they ended up having to to not do that. So there's that. I wanted to mention that because I didn't really feel like it was relevant in last week's episode when we were talking. But I did want to talk about it a little tiny bit. So you have an article about something really interesting. <laughs> I do. Okay. Um. So there's something called parasomnias, and these are usually, um, it involves like abnormal movements, behaviors, emotions, perceptions, usually during sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have something called homicidal sleepwalking. So there's a lot of, you know, urban legend, and then some cases that we know of that involved people who have murdered someone in their sleep. It's also called homicidal somnambulism. <laughs> Sorry. Say that five times. No. Uh, but it's the act of killing someone during an episode of sleepwalking. Uh-huh. Okay. So the, the veracity of actual recorded cases, you know, it's, we don't, we don't really know. I mean, there, there's about 69 recorded cases up until the year 2005, as far as they know. Okay. Okay. We don't know. I mean, there's probably cases before that that were never recorded. So there's one, there's, a, there's two that are pretty infamous. Kenneth Parks, who was acquitted of the murder of his mother-in-law in 1987 after using the sleepwalking defense. So that's one. And then there's another one from the 1870s, which is the most tragic case of Simon Fraser, disoriented upon waking from nightmare. Uh, and he he goes to his son, um, and he basically, he actually, I, I think he, he throws his son to the floor of the room. Oh, his terrible. son was a toddler. Oh, terrible. Um, but he, he, he murders him, and yeah. he's acquitted for murder. 
So those are the two like big cases that we know of. So it is acquitted because he has this condition, I guess. And that was 1870. And then the other one is 1987. Um, So it occurs during slow wave sleep, which is our deepest stage of non REM sleep. So it's not necessarily, um, I don't think it's deep sleep, but it's our it's our deepest stage of non-REM sleep. So the brain tries to exit the stage of sleep and go straight into wake. So it's sort of this trigger goes off that shouldn't, um, because we're really not supposed to be moving in any sort of deep sleep, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is somewhere in there, it tries to exit the stage and we go straight into wakefulness. Mm-hmm. So the brain gets stuck between sleep and awake. Hmm. Um I know we have experience. I know I certainly have experienced being sleep and awake for a couple seconds. You yeah. know, you know that that feeling of yep. okay. But this is like extended, obviously extended without consciousness. So um, when someone is sleep deprived, under stress, or has a history of sleepwalking, they're more likely to experience parasomnia behavior. Okay, um, substance can complicate this. Right, so if someone's using, um, and so this this is an article. If you want to read more about it, it's Matthew J. Wolf Meyer. He's a PhD in psychology. He's out of Psychology Today. He goes more into depth about it. But I think it's really interesting. I remember watching a um, a what was it called Unsolved Mysteries years mm-hmm. ago, where the guy had murdered his wife in his sleep, and the controversy around using the sleepwalking defense in court. Yeah. But, you know, all of this stuff, we talked about deja vu last week, the mm-hmm. stuff that our brains do unknowingly and when they short circuit or they go against what they're supposed to do, you know, you know our nervous system does that with panic, right? Yeah. It's like this false alarm system that goes off due to previous experiences it's our our brain's way of alerting us that there might be an emergency well i mean clearly it does that with sleep cycles and things too because so much of that is out of our consciousness the brain's just doing its thing mm-hmm. so i feel like this could totally happen I mean, it has to be incredibly rare but it, it i mean it's so strange to think that someone could be that unaware of doing something that specific right what are your thoughts i I, my first thought was that's it's kind of terrifying. It's like this is the real horror. <laughs> like, yeah. in other words, it's brain science, and it's like I think it's an interesting representation of a lot of mental illness. In that, people often sometimes misconstrue it as a like a choice, like as if you're depressed and you can get out of your depression when it's really brain science. Mm-hmm. And this this makes me think of that because can you imagine having that and killing your child? No. And you had no, you know, you didn't do it on purpose. No. It was literally your brain, your chemistry, all the things you were talking about creating that situation that, that caused that horrific thing that, at your hands and the, and the terrible disconnect that that would cause for anyone and how traumatic. And so then I, then of course, I, you know, as most people do, you go to yourself and you're like, Oh my God, how would I ever, you know, like this is horrific. And it would be my brain. And as if my brain was not in control of its faculties, which is exactly what we're talking about. And then I think horror movies and I'm like, yeah, that's a horror movie. That's a real life horror movie. (laughs) So it's terrifying. Right. So there you go. Okay. There it is. 
And that's our show. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Have a great weekend, everyone. Yeah, I love you. Uh, so uh, you chose a movie for us both to watch this week. I did. So last week I talked about um, Into the Darkness, which was the documentary on Shudder. In Search of Darkness, excuse me. <laughs> oh, that old thing. Um, four and a half hours of goodness. Yeah. And so I started going down the list of like films I hadn't ever seen or hadn't seen in a while or had never finished. Mm-hmm. So a classic one going into the fall season. I thought mm-hmm. we'd talk about Pumpkinhead. That's awesome. And you know what? It's so funny because I said to Kathy, I'm like, oh, we should pick a movie, you know, each week on Shrink Chat where we've both seen it recently so that we can talk about it. Because we always talk about our recent watches. And so last week was my choice. Like, hey, watch this movie, Host. Um, and then she said, oh, my my choice is Pumpkinhead. And I was like, oh, my God, I just saw it. I literally just saw it. So we were totally right. And I think... Maybe that's because it just came on to Amazon or something. Um, it's on Shutter, I think. Okay, oh, cool. maybe. Oh, I actually I can't remember where I watched it's it. It's on um, Prime Video. I mean, okay. it's on Amazon. So, um, yeah, and Shutter's through Prime. So, uh, you know, I, I have to say. So let me just read the synopsis if people haven't ever seen it. It's really classic and mm-hmm. much, much sadder. Yeah. Than I think. It's really sad. Yeah. So it's after. First of all, it's a very, very young, um, what's his name? Lance, Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. And he's flipping ripped in it, by he's the way. He's hot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I was like, wow, that's a good looking dude. And so he, um, and, and then also it's Stan Winston. Mm-hmm. And if you know about special effects, you know about horror directors, this is Stan Winston. So after his son dies in a hit and run accident, Ed Harley, played by Lan- uh, Lance Hendrickson, seeks revenge against the teenagers responsible with the help of a local witch, Florence Schaffler, who was terrifying in this. Ed summons the vengeful demon Pumpkinhead to hunt and kill the group of friends, but when Ed discovers a bond between himself and the creature, he begins to have second thoughts about employing the vicious monster, and he fights to end Pumpkinhead's murderous rampage before it's too late. Um... Really emotional film, especially because it does start with the little boy dying, who's so cute. I know. Um, and it really, it's another one of those films around um, grief. There's a lot of grief in this movie. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of, um, just, it's sad. Like, I think that's the best word. You, it's much sadder than you think it is. But of course it's got, it's like cheesy bits and stuff. Cause sure. my very favorite character is the old woman. <laughs> She's great. In fact, that when I was seen when you go, he goes yeah. into her house. I know. I love yeah. it. The, in fact, um, the people I was watching it with, the very first thing I said was, that's the part I want to play is that old woman in the, I mean, you don't oh even gosh, know really. Socks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You don't even know. You don't even really know if it's a woman, in, really, in general. I mean, you do know, but you don't because it's literally like um, a crone, um, you know, like old, like two hundred years old type of old in this house, and it's that's the fantasy mystical part of it. And um, I don't know. I loved that part, and it was scary. I mean, I think it's scary, but it's not scary in, you know. It's not scary in a modern way. No. It's I scary because it's sad and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, and he kind of looks like an alien from Aliens. The creature does a little bit. Um, but you uh, you start to have, uh, there's a relationship that develops, like they were saying, yes. between um, Ed and Pumpkinhead. And then you start to have empathy. I did anyway. 
and he he doesn't he no longer wants to exploit or use this monster to do what he's doing and and then he kind of becomes one with him mm. um you know as it gets towards the end and and with when pumpkin get pumpkin head gets hurt he feels it and there's that and so he's like in some ways representation of that internal monster kind of and there's a lot of yeah. stuff like that going on yep. but then yeah i mean this this monster is awoken to do this duty for him and mm-hmm. i think he starts to realize like why did i do this and it's like a be careful what you ask for yeah kind of and and i metaphor. disturbed this creature that has finally been put to rest and you know so it's um mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's really it's more dramatic i think than it is it's like you said there's terror in it because of this creature but i think it's more it saddened me more. I found myself right. actually feeling more depressed than scared. Right. Like it's a horror genre and it's fantasy genre for sure. I mean, I think it lives up to those titles, but the content of it, because it's so tragic and psychological for him, for the Lance Heinrichson, Heinrichson? Heinrichson? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, the funny thing when I was watching that movie, I was actually sitting here at my desk with my monitors. And what you can't see is that right above my monitors is a poster from a film that Lance did relatively recently. And his signature is above his name, mm. literally. So and funny. so I took a picture, which I can post. <laughs> I took a picture because it was making me laugh. And I sent it to a friend because it was like, I'm. He was on the screen like a million years ago because this movie is 1988. And then above it was his signature. And I was like, that's never going. That doesn't happen that's to weird. me. That's super weird. <laughs> anyway, it was kind of fun. But I, yeah, I really like that. And I'm actually planning on watching the, you know, sequels. So, and, and if people so. are not, if you've heard Stan Winston's name and you aren't entirely sure, he's also known for Jurassic Park and Aliens yeah. and Predator and so... A lot of you know, big shit. Pumpkinhead <laughs> kind of has that Predator-like... Yes, it's yeah. one of his lesser and movies. And Alien-like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're going to compare, it's a lesser Stan Winston for sure, but it was super cute. Cute. I like it. It was cute. And gross. Um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about what else we watched. I... I'm going to mention three different things that I watched all on, let's see, are they all, yeah, they're all, they, I watched them all on Shudder. Um, this, Shudder has so much goodness right now. I know, love it. I, I'm going to start with the bad one. Okay. I wonder if it's the same. Go. It's called The Shed. Yes. Ah! (laughs) We didn't even know it, but we both, both watched the same bad movie. That's the most, first of all, the acting. Oh, so bad. I'll let you start because you no you no started it's with all right it, you go ahead Rant no away. just I'll be over here <laughs> the acting and then all of a sudden the girl at the end who is you know the girl that he's kind of on and off seeing but also the girl that ends up being the sorority slut that comes out of the yeah. poster and yeah. demon all of a sudden she goes from being like ah! to being like kick ass and taking a knife in the chest and like butchering the shit out of this thing i'm like how did how did we go from her being a karen (laughs) to to being linda hamilton and terminator in 30 seconds (laughs) the whole thing is just it's yeah character the The only 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 character that i cared about when they died was the dog oh yeah that's how lack of character developed right 
You want to tell bad. people what this is about? <laughs> I can. And so, I, have, I have two thoughts when you're done. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll wait for those. The 2019 issue, <laughs> spit take, sorry. The two, uh, it was made in 2019. It's called The Shed. The synopsis is the story of Stan. An orphaned teenager stuck living with his abusive grandfather and tasked with routinely protecting the best friend, his best friend from high school bullies. So when Stan discovers a murderous creature has taken refuge in the tool shed in his backyard, he tries to secretly battle the demon alone until his bullied friend discovers the creature and has a far more sinister plan in mind. So now that's really well written, but that's not what it's fucking about. I can tell you that it's much. It's not. And because, that kid was annoying as hell. I mean, barely like that. That does give you an idea that there's like a shed and some people, but and a demon, so I watched this with my Discord, with our Discord peep. Discord? Discard? What are you talking about? The you Discord wanna, You want to discard it. That was a 40 and <laughs> I want to discard the but that, movie was entirely. That, the best friend was so annoying. Oh, my God. No. I remember, like, I don't know, half hour in, everyone was saying, this, this, what? It doesn't make any sense. What are they doing? I don't understand. About, about. This movie makes zero sense as sort of like the... Because it didn't. It didn't make any sense. Here's my thought. Who is this monster? Why is he in the freaking shed? <laughs> they, they, they showed, why did he stay there? It's been night several times. That's he could exactly have left. what we were saying. Like, so that's my one thought. Here's my second thought. The whole time I'm saying this to myself out loud while I do have the dogs on the bed. I'm going, burn the shed. Yeah. Just burn the shed. Burn the shed. And then guess what they do at the end, guys? Spoiler alert. He finally burns the shed. The why? Shed. Why did he watch seventy-five people die? They didn't give us any motivation for that. A good film is going to have to come up with a reason. Three or four plot point moments that we all expect as filmgoers to justify why the shed is not burnt burned. from the first second. And I really want to know why the damn thing can't get out of the shed. Right, because it's night several times. The joke. The jokes I was making was like. The sequel will be the origin story because we don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, they need a prequel. I know. To explain why this was so terrible. I'm so glad we both watched that. That's so fun. Ugh. But see, that's why it's fun to watch really bad horror movies is because the whole t- I'm like, then we did- can talk about and then, it. And then here's the other thing. They're like, he's like looking in the shed like this. It's not until the end where he has a flashlight. Yeah. The whole I'm like, where's the flashlight? <laughs> And then he has a flashlight. And here it is, guys. This movie's made. Is it supposed to take place in the 80s? I don't know. Probably. I think it was. Oh, 90s. Weren't they grunge? Oh, no. Maybe 80s. Okay. Because then that makes sense. Because I'm like, everyone has a flashlight on their cell phone. But there weren't any cell phones. I think it was 80s. I think it was 80s. So, but uh, the whole time I'm like, why does he keep squinting and open, turn on a flashlight and open the shed? It's not until the end that he uses a flashlight and burns down the shed. The movie could have been over. It could have been a five-minute short. It would have been better than this crap. Well, maybe it started as one. I have no idea. (laughs) They should have kept it there. Because, yeah, all right. So we're done. Okay, done with that. (laughs) Uh, You you bring up one now. (laughs) Okay, so I watched this one, uh, I think, last month. And it was was slow, but I also thought it was terrifying, terrifying in a depressing and co- sort of psychologically thrillerish way okay. which right. is the clown is clown okay did no. you see clown i don't think so okay clown is also on shutter um it's from 2014 it's american horror film directed by john watts um it's also produced by eli roth oh yeah so um so 
lots of really good visual effects. So, so Kent McCoy, who plays clown, he's a loving husband and father who hosts a birthday party for his son, Jack. However, the clown assigned to their party is unable to make it due to scheduling error. Fortunately, Kent discovers an old clown costume in the basement of a house he is selling and puts it on. Uh, after the party, Kent falls asleep wearing the costume and the next morning he finds himself unable to take it off. There you go. So it, it, as the movie continues, this costume starts to become, um, embedded into his skin. Mm -hmm. He tears, he's able to tear the nose off at the beginning. That's where he still thinks like, oh, something's glued on wrong. His wife helps him take it off. But it becomes this metaphor of like, he, he really embodies this clown and becomes tormented Mm -hmm. and to the to the point where he wants to kill himself. And so clearly clowns are very uncanny. They're very terrifying. So that on a surface sort of, you know, face value, the film scary because it's a clown. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the psychological component is when something embodies you, this could be mental illness. Mm. It could be grief loss. It could be, uh, something that you're stuck in metaphorically. Yep. And you cannot take it off your person. You cannot get out of it. You cannot see yourself out of it. And now you are becoming it and is becoming the sole identity of you. I think that's where this was pretty, pretty cool in the way they did it. And it's really, it's really a dark film. It moves incredibly slow. I fell asleep at one point, not because it was boring, just because it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little tired. Um, but it's just, uh, yeah, and then there's a supernatural demonic element, which there always is, which is yeah. probably how he gets stuck in the costume. But I don't know, I thought it was clever because there's so much clown stuff out there, but I think this was done differently. Great. So yeah. it's like if you were going to say, you know, top five clown movies, you'd it's, be like... It's just it. different. Yeah. <laughs> and in this. <laughs> it's just really dark and different. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell. I'm, I was looking at the poster when you were talking and the poster represents that mood. It's, it's, it looks pretty. Yeah. Gri- it looks pretty grim and scary. I mean, it's like close-up face shot of the clown, and you know that's pretty. It's kind of moving when you're looking at it. Right. So their marketing is in line. Um, I watched Thirty Miles from Nowhere. How was that? Which I saw is a that. 2018. I mean, I saw it. I didn't see it, but I saw the thing for it. Yeah, it's 2018. It's on Shutter. Uh, when five college pals return to rural Wisconsin for their estranged friend's funeral, what begins as an uneasy reunion becomes a terrifying fight for survival. So Carrie Preston is in this and I really dig her. So when she came on the screen, I was like, Oh, cool. Um, And then it was not great. Here's the thing I would say. Mm, It's, it, it's certainly, it uh, <laughs> one the actors kind of save it because there's some good acting mm-hmm. and she's amazing. Like I love Carrie Preston, she's great, and the actors are good in this. There's like kind of a, a jerk guy character that is in it as well, and he's really good. Okay, um, and the other minor characters are pretty good too. It's kind of schlocky and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then there's like this last, you know half an hour 20 minutes whatever like the last part of the second act and the third act that kind of save it it starts to go like oh i wasn't expecting that or oh oh i didn't know that or you know and then so that's why it kind of gets like a eh, review like i'm not gonna run right out and watch it again yeah like ever 
But when my, am I mad at it? No. I mean, it was an enjoyable. <laughs> am I mad at it? Am I mad at it? No. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. You know, it's like, it's cool. So that was another one of mine. Anything else? From um, no, I, I, I was curious. I mean, is it worth watching? You know, it's hard because I don't want to dissuade people from watching stuff, but if you are a horror fan, crazy person like us, which I think most people, many of the people that listen to this would be, I'd say, yeah, give it a watch because there's some interesting performances. And like I said, that last half hour is pretty fun. Um, it doesn't make sense the rest of the time necessarily. And it's only 83 minutes. So if you like a short runtime, you know, put it on in the back. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so it's a background one. Like I said, it's a meh thing. Like a lot of people don't have as much, you know, yearning to watch as many movies as I do. So it's hard. It's hard to yeah. say. Um, so for someone who needs to really watch, who really wants recommendations of like good stuff, no, I would actually choose this next movie that I'm about to talk about. Okay. Um, which is called Hell Baby. And it is also on Shudder, and it's from 2013, and it's a horror comedy. So not a lot of not a lot of people a lot of people like horror comedies, and a lot of people don't really like horror comedies. I'd have to say I'm maybe somewhere in the middle. Like a horror comedy is not actually my favorite genre of horror, but we've had episodes before. Like I love Zombieland. I love. Um, uh, Dale and Ted or whatever that movie's name versus evil. And, oh yeah. Um, Hell baby is a comedy. Uh, it's from the creators of Reno 911. 2013. It's from the creators of Reno 911. Oh, then I bet it's hilarious. So the tagline is the devil got, got a baby mama. Uh, <laughs> it's just quite clever. Oh God. The, the baby looks awful. So, um, Leslie Bibb. If oh, you I like, like her. I like her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Michael Ian Black and okay so after she and her husband move into a haunted house a woman gives birth to a demonic infant that wreaks havoc so here's the thing most of the movie the baby's not born so she's pregnant and so a lot of the hilarity is before the baby comes okay the baby being born is actually kind of the crescendo of the movie well, this is a great cast it's a phenomenal cast they're hilarious there's a lot of funny characters. The two guys that wrote this movie are, I think the two, they're two, oh no, they're two priests, I think. Yeah, those are the two guys. Because there's like two cops, there's two priests, there's all these people in this movie. And it's hilarious, and she's great, and I laughed a lot. <laughs> so out of the three movies that I mentioned, we obviously would not want you to run right out and watch The Shed. And 30 Miles from Nowhere is <laughs> like don't whatever. Don't watch The Shed. Don't. No, just don't do it. I mean, like I said before, I hate to do that because I really believe in creators and <laughs> I want them to make a living and all of that. But it wasn't good. So uh, 30 Miles from Nowhere, I would be like, eh, you know, maybe if you want. Hell Baby, I would say definitely watch it. Even if you're not like the biggest fan of horror comedy, it's like, and you only want to watch the good ones. This is a good one. Um, Keegan Michael Key I love is in him. the two, and he. That's why I said is this is a good cast. Awesome. He's good in everything. He was my favorite part. 
He's hysterical in every. I, he, my favorite character still is from Mad TV when he plays the crazy coach. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I'm talking about? The whistle. I do. I do. He's just I pissed do. off at every He's throwing chairs. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I do. No, no, no. He. Uh, God, I love him. And he and Jordan Peele together. Oh my God. Amazing. He's really good in it. Keenan and Peele. I know. He's good. Or Keegan and Peele. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Are we good? Is that it? I think so. Okay. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, check out our Patreon. And if you want to join the Discord channel, that's how you do it. You become a patron. And, uh, you know, merch to come. Kathy's working on it. It's all. It's coming. It's all there. Or facts with Kath. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. This is Shannon. My name is Shannon. Hashtag horror facts with Kath. <laughs> this is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. <laughs> and I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening, and once again, sleep safe.